Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Star Wars Minute. It's the daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and celebrate the Star Wars movies one minute at a time. I'm Pete the Retailer from PeteTheRetailer.com. I'm Alex Robinson from ComicBookAlex.com. Uh, I'm Matt Crisman from Chapo Trap House Podcast. I'm Virgil Texas, also from Chapo Trap House, co-author of the Chapo Guide to Revolution, a manifesto against logic, facts, and reason. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. You're yeah. newcomers. Um, you were here for the for the Force Awakens. It's, we figure, you know, new new era of Star Wars will we'll usher in a new era of guests. Well, You're a new attitude. So, thanks for having us. Uh, when I when we got this invitation, I went right on Wikipedia. I looked up Star Wars, and <laughs> it looks interesting. I'm ready to talk about it. You've done all the, the just purely researched the saga in the past couple of days. It's been like yeah. It turns out this is, this course. thing's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's an obscure 70s movie that's recently come back into favor. Cult classic. Uh-huh. Uh, well, today we're talking about Minute 16 of Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Uh, minute 16 starts with uh, Rey jumping into action, and it ends with Rey giving BB-8 driving directions. Uh, so we, we hear Rey speak for the first time. That's course, true. Those famous, it's, it's gibberish. Yeah, those, <laughs> those famous words that, uh, that uh, you know, world-famous Star Wars quote that everybody has on T-shirts and all that, Talama Parkwell. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't spoken. Uh, I guess she speaks English later on in the minute too. Basic. She assumes yeah. that that uh, BB-8 speaks basic. Has right. anyone yet commented? Because uh, you've done sixteen minutes. Presumably, you've done footage of BB-8 on Jakku. Mm-hmm. Has anyone commented on the fact that a ball-shaped droid would get no traction on sand mm. and would mm. basically be immobile? No, because mm. it's, it's true. It's a fact. Right. A BB-8, like that kind of m- locomotion he's got with his little ball, on sand, it would just displace and he would just spin in a circle. He'd never move anywhere. There's probably some, you know, uh, microscopic roughness to the Treads. material. Yeah, mm-hmm. some kind of something magic, that's giving it traction. Words, there's magic. Tiny uh, micro actuators pop out for traction so at the bottom. Like that, what was that? That battery-operated monster truck that had claws that popped out of the tires. That's like Oh, BB-8. I remember that. Yeah, that, that thing was, ruled. Yeah. It's it's not magic. It's material science, no, it's which magic. is the future. <laughs> would that have been true for R two D two too? Should I mean, R two D two would have been able to move. It just would have been very arduous because yeah. he mm-hmm. had those little feet, so he could sort of just move by. Oh, but he couldn't stepping. roll. He couldn't. He roll couldn't roll, but he could move with steps. Oh, yeah. right. Uh, not, yeah, he didn't move very fast, but he could have moved. But like BB eight, if he gets an incline, he's done. I he, like the idea of R two. Can't do anything hobbling around like someone who, with their pants down around their ankles slowly <laughs> making their way to the uh, I like the idea of R2-D2 house. wearing pants. <laughs> it is kind of weird. These guys, shouldn't all these droids be like hover? 
That's Shouldn't true. they have some sort of boost technology at all times? Like like Jonas Venture Jr. Just something. It's so, I mean, it just seems so awkward to see them you trying to what? move around. You know it's, the, it's, it's the space world. That's energy intensive, you know. Mm. You can't we've, just hover everywhere at all times. We've had very tedious conversations about the nature <laughs> of of, uh, of energy in Star Wars. Yes, and my right. feeling is, is that for a, for a society that far advanced that has warp or whatever the heck you want to call it and the ability to jump across the galaxy like that, that there is no energy scarcity. It's got to be some sort of fusion technology. That's the only thing that makes well, sense. I'm and as such, everything should be able to move hover. sort of hover-wise. Well, I'm telling you that faster than light travel, is, and this has been well-established, requires a, a certain resource to accomplish. It's not it's not using a general like infinite energy source that that can have, you know, infinite applications. Right, that's uh, no, sure. I understand. They've established that on the shows in the movies. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that that is not true. That would not happen. <laughs> You're right. This this did not happen. This did not actually happen millions of years just, ago. Although somewhere in the galaxy this could all be happening right now. A society with that advanced uh, travel technology would have solved energy. Hmm. And we have you seen have floating one droids. Or the other. You have seen floating droids in other. It's true. The it's robot. True. The, uh, and they special editioned in all those little like uh, annoying yeah. kind oh. of thought those, bubble droids. Yeah. The, Darth the one Maul thing, had some droids that floated. Mm-hmm. I will say the one thing that always vexed me is I get the faster than light travel because that's you know that's kind of like a, a that's a key thing in the films that has its own explanation and it has its own. Uh, visuals like it's clearly important, but how does the faster than light communication work? Yeah, mm. that's a tricky one because especially because they in Rouge One, don't they say at one point, "Oh, we can't contact them because they're in hyperspace." Could like, be. We can't tell them to come back because they're in hyperspace. They or can speak when it's convenient. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> even even just you know, like from one galaxy to another, I mean, that's ridiculous. There would have to be some kind of I don't know, like pneumatic tube that's like actually <laughs> shooting series it. of tubes. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they write a letter, they put it in a little bank tube, and then that goes through hyperspace. I need it. I think it's practical <laughs> that there would be like a Western Union hmm. of some kind. I like that idea. Pony yeah. Express. There yeah. You go. Oh. Space, Telegram. Space Pony Express. for Mr. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> He, and that guy showed up just a little bit too late, too. Uh, so he shows yeah. up at the, the, the charred remains of Uncle Owen and Emperor, like a telegram for... Oh. He just leaves it at their feet and backs away some. slowly. Here's our, there's our, there's our uh, comedy sketch. We'll yeah. put that up of the guy, the telegram guy, showing up with important information just a little bit too late for that all the key scenes. Like, <laughs> yeah. his, he's got a telegram for the people of Alderaan. He's got uh, <laughs> you know, telegram for Jabba. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so, so uh, what uh, Talama Parkwal... And, that uh, sounds like a Fox News host. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she says, Parkwell Zaitana, which is which uh, Zaitana, of course, the DC uh, magician. Um, the, uh, that she's speaking Tito speak. Tito speak. Because that's just Tito. The, the alien that she encounters, his name is Tito because the t- he's, his race is Tito because the Titos don't have names. He's just it's just Tito. Well, they have like a hive mind that they all communicate. It's like the Borg. They all communicate telepathically. I don't know. They're, do they? That's what oh. it says in the Wikipedia. What? Okay. All Wikipedia these, says that? All the Titos, yeah. That's Wait a minute. Tito. So, they, so Tito is not one guy. It's a, it's a race. Yeah. But Both. so they don't. Yeah. It's a, but they don't. But it's, it's a hive mind race where it's one consciousness. Yeah. 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 Well, and they don't just I kind see. of self-identify. Because so I was going like to say, if it was just him, I would have been like, excuse me, Wittgenstein has proven that there can be no such thing as a private language. <laughs> Whoa. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess he's got the language to communicate with in his himself 
and then other people learn it. Just well, hive mind wouldn't have internal communications, you know, from the nodes. The nodes wouldn't talk to each other and deliberate. Which it's literally just one mind. At least that's how I conceive hmm. of it. Yeah, it's that's not how like your right that's how your hive mind works. Yeah, right. that's in my canon. Hive mind would work that <laughs> way. Everybody's hive is different. That's my new self help book <laughs> yeah, available now on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, Find your hive. <laughs> don't hive shame. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Tito, uh, she she jumps over the ridge and sees that Tito, or one of the Tito, uh, a member of Tito, <laughs> uh, has captured and Tito. in a net. Yeah, and, and Tito from uh, Civil War. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Battle of Antito. Uh-huh. Um, she, uh, she, it could be a she, we don't know, right? Does, oh, no, he, he, she later genders him. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's got uh, BB-8 totally kind of genders him. She does. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, so sp- speaking of gendering, so it's Tito, and Tito is riding something called a Lugga Beast. Yeah. Um, which the the most uh, you might have some information about the Lugga Beast. The most interesting piece of information that I read about the Lugga Beast mm-hmm. is that it is currently unknown if they urinate, defecate, or how they reproduce. Yes. So. Hopefully that'll be in the Lugabeast uh, standalone. Lugabeast, a Star Wars story that yeah. will be coming. Uh, Has no one just followed one around and waited? <laughs> <laughs> Thirty minutes of footage of it, of it defecating, right. eating, you know, <laughs> making digestive noises. They only do it once in their life. They they, they definitely <laughs> they save once. it all up. <laughs> like four hours. Oh my god, that'd be so convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Although by the end you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. Those last few years <laughs> would be uh, a bit of a. Bit of a struggle. No, no, the thing is, you, you, it would not be convenient if you save it up your whole life, and then all that cumulative amount of time you have to spend it once. Yeah. So you're just spending mm. five years on the toilet. Mm. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'd take but that. We'd, we'd rearrange yeah, our tough. society around it. It's like yeah. the, you know the cultures that have like the menstrual hut kind mm-hmm. of a thing, where you you know you'd have like once it became time, <laughs> you'd be like, gangster. okay, you know, yeah, the menstrual hut. Um, once you once you got to a certain point, it'd be like, okay, you know what? I'm I'm approaching my my poop time, everyone. So. <laughs> Uh, they would have, you'd go off and have a nice, comfortable kind of thing. Yeah, would, uh, like people it's like when you, when you get called up for National Guard duty. <laughs> right. <laughs> say he's going to the bathroom for a while. <laughs> Hold his job. <laughs> uh, the only other in-universe stuff I have about the Lugga Beast is that those uh, that helmet mask thing on their face is permanently fused on. Oh. Mm. So no one knows what they really look like or... What the deal is with well, that? Well, presumably thing. the people who put them on do. Someone ask yeah. them. Tito, mm-hmm. I guess, might ask know. Ask Tito. Right. He's, you know, he, he's not telling any secrets about that. He doesn't even tell if they defecate or any of that stuff. So. Yeah. Well, that's animal torture, frankly. Yeah. I, I really like the look of the uh, Lugga Beast. It, it, it kind of combines a lot of classic things. It's like part dewback, part sand crawler. <laughs> Hot shots, uh, part dewback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the move. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a cool. I've always had a uh, you know a soft spot for uh, big dumb animals. Right, being a big dumb animal myself, I well, <laughs> empathize. I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of the uh, do back, we've been doing this uh, kind of you know switching channels essentially back and forth between one of the criticisms of this movie is how they basically just kind of rehashed old Star Wars mm-hmm. and. Uh, and uh, you know, it's some people that's a that's a benefit. Some people that's a criticism. Um, uh, but it's interesting now to go back, since we're doing minute by minute, we have the luxury of going, okay, well, what happened in this minute of Star Wars? And in this minute of Star Wars, do-backs. Wow. This is the uh, where we, we get introduced to the, the stormtroopers that are looking for C-3PO and R2-D2, and they're riding uh, the first kind of beast of burden that we see in the Star Wars universe. I that guess. had to be a conscious effort on their part. Even like to subliminally just make you feel like you're watching Star Wars by... Because so especially with the editing and stuff, that had to be like... 
so far the fact that we've had you know at least one a week where it's just like oh interesting like yeah. that's that's like and it's not not that much of a stretch uh, it i'm i'm assuming that they you know uh it was somewhat intentional that they at least had you know beats kind of mapped out uh, yeah well, yeah. that's what you know. That's the, that beast of burden thing. That's part of the charm of the movies, right? Especially yeah. the original one. That you know, it's the future and there's all this technology. But the, the past, actually. But I mean, yes, okay, <laughs> fine. But a tech, Sorry, obviously, well. a technological future. <laughs> Every I'm, past I mean, is that's, somebody's future. That's oh, wow, f- dude, you flew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, you know, they have fast and light travel and all, the, all these shiny spaceships, but uh, they still uh, would have to rely on things like indigenous beasts of burden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that they use beasts of burden, which are like the most simple forms of of transport, and then yet they have floating land speeders and all that stuff and too. Like faster than light travel. Yeah, in the same in the same. Uh, it's not the kind world. of future where uh, everything is shiny and chrome, where everything is uh, coruscant. Right. Right. Um, I have some more Tito information. Sure. Do you want to hear some more about Tito? Yes, mm-hmm. always. Uh, Was he involved in the victory tour? <laughs> I'd say um, I gotta say that I think that the uh, Yugoslavian form of socialism that uh, emerged after World War II was a very promising <laughs> hybrid of, of markets and uh, and command economy, and he kept out those those fractious uh, uh, ethnicities together peacefully for for forty plus years, and people need to give him credit for that. Yeah. Hats off to Tito. <laughs> uh, he's played by uh, Kieran Shaw. Who, yes. uh, do, do you have this information? I, I just just read that shortly oh, okay. before. It's, yeah, he Let's currently see. holds the Guinness Book of, the Guinness record for shortest pro stuntman in film, and he's had it since twenty three. So he's had a f- good fifteen year run as the shortest uh, stuntman. How short? Uh, I think like about four feet. I think four foot one. Maybe take that, Arvid Chunnelworth. <laughs> <laughs> he's been just staring at him, a picture of him for fifteen years. You like think it's if like, I was just like a little shorter, filing the the soles of his feet every yeah. night to try to get that, to get a little those shorter. extra inches. Uh, and uh, perhaps not surprisingly, he uh, was in Lord of the Rings. He played one of he played uh, Frodo's uh, double. He was also in Chronicles of Narnia, Solo, a Star Wars story, Last Jedi, Rouge One. He was in every nerdy thing: Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, Harry Potter, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Return of the Jedi, Dark Crystal. Where does it end? And he's also a published poet, so mm. he's not just about being short and doing stunts. If I were him now, I would release a book of poetry called Tito Speak. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Mm. Uh, and they are native to Jakku, mm. so uh, keep that in mind next time you're uh, going. Uh, I like that uh, there because apparently it's easy to get, uh, or Kieran Shaw often gets confused with uh, Deep Roy mm. because they're both... Like they both have this really specific, like oh no, those are both uh, you know um, Indian uh, actor, Indian little people who were born in Nigeria and then came into film, moved into the film industry in the late seventies, early eighties, and like it, how how unusual that we have uh, uh, two people with that specific background that are also and then also in a lot of the same franchises, and so it's like yeah. oh okay, well always two there are yeah that's true. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. You know, I met Deep Roy. Oh, yeah? On the way here? It was very... No, (laughs) not on the way here. okay. I could tell the story if you want. Please. It's an odd story from my odd past. All right. Uh, I was in Los Angeles when I was in college for an internship, and uh, I got fired. And so, I. long story short, I ended up with... Uh, two uh, vagabonds. Uh, one man <laughs> whose claim to fame was that uh, he had written one episode of the TV show Friends, and okay. he kept talking about that. Hmm. Do you uh, remember which episode it was? No, was and the uh, one where something. Yeah, I don't know. the one where he meets Steve. The Roy. one with Virgil's friend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other one was uh, a this is is an Indian man who was apparently came from some wealth and kept tell, telling stories about how extravagantly wealthy he was. Even though he didn't appear so, and I was I was helping them uh, audition uh, a, a, actors for a TV pilot that the wealthy man had commissioned the Friends writer to make, and the pilot was about an Indian man in America who inherits a Jewish deli, and it's called New Delhi. <laughs> ah, I see. It's and for some reason, Deep Roy was there, and right. he was attached to this project. Hmm. Hmm. I can. That's my Deep Roy story. Wait, so how did you meet? Oh, so you met him through the the writer guy in yes. the casting process. Yeah. So was it like at an office? You were, you know, hey, they were just around. They would rent, uh, you yeah. know, like theater spaces, uh, which you know, there's like an abundance of that stuff in L.A. And they would do it right. there. Was he cool? No, it wasn't cool. Aww. Were you not listening to the story? It no, was, was he cool? Was Deep Roy? No, cool. was Deep Roy cool? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember you waiting. Weird. Up, yeah. I didn't really have well, any great okay. conversations. He with was him. droopy, McCool. <laughs> oh, so. oh, there you go. Uh, so uh, BB-8 gets ca- gets uh, captured by Tito. Oh, I had one more Tito fact. Okay, yes, oh, yeah. the Tito files. Uh, Tito's voice is David Acord, who is a, a you know Skywalker Sound employee who uh, is perhaps most infamous for also voicing the uh, GH7 medical droid, the one who explains that, like, well, Padme lost the will to live. Like, oh, she's wow. dying because she's sad. Like, that, that, the guy who brought that into the universe hmm. is also the, the squirrely voice of Tito. Do you think he hits the convention circuit? Uh, no, he's still, he's working behind the scenes still. You, you can't he do could. both. Yeah, he could do yeah. both, I'm sure. Or I think you only do the convention circuit once. I once mean, I can't imagine doing that if you're on free will. The convention, sir. Yeah, oh, if man. you had any other job to go to, <laughs> you wouldn't sit there you wouldn't on a do card it. table and have just the sweatiest nerds. You wouldn't do it. Because and it's, well, here's why: like bad case scenario, sweaty nerds come up to you all day. Worst case scenario, they don't. You're just <laughs> standing there, right? Like that's the thing. And I've seen yeah. footage and I've seen convention floors and the guy where no one is there. I would. You'd want to kill yourself. Yeah, I was at the Pittsburgh Comic Con and I saw Erin Gray, who played uh, sure. Wilma in Buck Rogers, and she was in Silver Spoons as well. Mm-hmm. And she was just sitting there reading a newspaper because there was no one oh, coming up. Brutal, oh, brutal. Yeah, no, thank it you. It was before cell phones. So. No, hey. I, I'd, st- I'd keep my cushy gig at Skywalker Ranch. Yeah, right. they probably got free burritos or whatever. Hey, get ready to hear this in twenty mi- in twenty years. 
Uh, now in conference room C, Matt Chrisman <laughs> from Chapo Trap House will be signing autographs. They will not be personalized. Right. Thankfully, nothing will exist in 20 years, so I don't have to worry about that happening. It's a, I don't know. Like, on the one hand, I, I do, I see your point, but on the other hand, it's like, well, sit down and write your name for four hours and we'll give you a couple hundred dollars is not like. Nah, not the worst deal in the, the world. Beats okay. digging ditches. Out, out of all the Star I'm Wars... I'm just saying, I don't want to be excluded from the convention circuit <laughs> consideration. <laughs> out of all the Star Wars... Billy D. Williams was, was probably the biggest... He was probably mm. the biggest convention circuit guy, right? He... Let's see. Like, th- there have been some surprising people recently. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. I, 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 the only thing that I'm picturing right now is that... At, it was like a train station, essentially. We went to Star Wars Celebration, and they had, like, you know... 40 different people signing at once and you had to like look up on the map to see like oh uh, you know like deep roy's at a7 and i can go around there and then it's you know you had to kind of like follow the map to figure out who was who and what was going to yeah. uh, and there were weirdly like i think there was a it it, it did feel awkward because there were also i think prices posted so you would see like basically you could rank how uh how important <laughs> people thought they were but yeah, it's the real like, worthington scale yeah <laughs> more money equals better than and it's objective yeah yeah well, america Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, BB-8 gets gets uh, snagged by Tito here, and uh, Ray comes over and cuts him loose. Mm-hmm. So what's the deal? Why does Tito just give in? And yeah, what is Tito the legal does stat- not put up a fight. What is the legal status of droids and, here? That and this is clearly a valuable droid, as yeah, we find out working later and parts of the film. And why right. does Ray do it? Yeah, because he's a cute little ball. Yeah. So if I honestly like think a- that's why you're just supposed to think. Imagine you're a young woman and you see a cute little bleepy <laughs> ball boy getting ensnared by this grotesque creature uh, on the back of another even you... more grotesque creature. And just be like, no, you have to stop that. I'm picturing like this is the talk you give your future daughter. <laughs> Mad- honey, you're going to a young woman. Now imagine you ever, yourself. You see, if you ever see a little weird ball. little bleeping ball, <laughs> rescue it. A, a telepathic... <laughs> Yeah, a yeah. hive mind alien yeah. riding on top of an elephant with yeah. a car face. Do not, do not be the person who just walks away. Right. Well, uh, as we will learn, she understands BB-8's language and Tito speaks. So she's kind of the she's the the most knowledgeable. She understands both end, both ends of the situation. Presumably, Tito can't understand BB-8, so it's just like, all right, this this piece oh, yeah. of junk is making weird noises. Whereas like to Ray, it's like, he's saying like, Hey, help wait, don't, please don't capture me. And like, you know, she, she understands that he's sentient more than Tito, who probably has no concept of sentience being part of the hive mind. Well, does BBA, uh, does BBA's language, they, does it say like complex things or is it just more like simple things? Uh, it seems like he says complex things as it goes on. Well, well to keep an eye on how, what people say when they react to BB-8. Yeah. I, I yeah. think yeah. he has a no very, way. He, he has a limited vocabulary, and they're all Steve Urkel catchphrases. Oh. <laughs> Did, Did he say I that? Do that? Yeah, he's yeah. a soundboard essentially. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then in the next part of this, uh, and I'm sorry if I'm getting ahead of myself, but no, no. Uh, BB-8, uh, uh, she gives BB-8 directions, and BB-8 just kind of tags along like a, you know, like a. A stray dog, right? Yeah. Well, that's clearly what they're going for, yeah. right? Instead of I, I don't know, right. explaining things and and asking for more specific. Uh, that's assistance. a good point. If they can, if she, if they can communicate, he really does not do a very good job of telling her what's going on. Well, but he can. Yeah, he says it's classified. It's a classified mission. We'll oh get to that God. more tomorrow when they okay. when they when they go into their. Uh, the specifics but so the point i was making though is that droids clearly do not have any they're still considered property and they're not 
Mm-hmm. They're not. Uh, no, they have no rights. Yeah, no. they're, they're uh, just. No, droid uh, rights never happen. Is that canonical yeah. throughout the universe, or is there? We've never the seen. Galaxy? We've never seen a droid not being. Right. You know, you have like mm. your IG 88s and stuff. Well, except for that, kinda... that droid rebellion in Solo. But we'll oh, get right. that. Right. Yeah. Right. But there's no, uh, I don't know, like maybe from the the, uh, the t- one of the TV shows I never watched, the Clone uh, Wars or Rebels. Or, yeah, or Rebels. Yeah. Um, th- there's no, uh, you know, oh, here's the uh, uh, here's the droid planet where it's all droids and they're represented in the senators. They have to mm. do a droid planet at some point. So no, I mean, sure. for the, right there, they, right would, there. they would have to deal with the, the ethical issue of, of droid sentience, which they right. clearly have not. Right. I, in this movie, the good guys are still like, yeah, you buy them and then they're yours, even yeah. though they have clearly demonstrated that they possess every element of sentience. Well, they also have something of like a loyalty chip, you know, something that overrides any, uh, uh, you know, yeah. uh, sympathies they might de- uh, develop, any concept of love. Yeah. I mean, they're loyal. Programming like K two S L. Yeah, yeah. So they they're, they program. He was only then, loyal once they brainwashed. Well, right, right. Sure, they yeah. brainwashed. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I see. Right. It's right. messed up either way. Yeah, the droids need to be liberated. Now we're like, made dumber. That's all. Those are your two options. Yeah. Uh, when you say, what if tr- they are dumb, but they're just uh, emulating complex oh, emotions, like or parakeets or something? Yeah, or <laughs> frankly, like a dog. That'd be mm. interesting. You got to do a Turing test. Mm. No. Somebody do a Turing test or, or a Voight comp yeah, or Voight something. Yeah, Voight comp them. Alan Turing had not been born yet. <laughs> Whoa. That's true. There you go. He failed the Turing test. Maybe that's why he had a vision of this uh, universe and was just like, wait a minute, we need a test. I like the <laughs> idea, though, that like in, in 20,000 years when the robots have taken over, they will look back at L337 in Solo and be like, oh, that was the nascent like mm. birth of the robot revolution, but she was she was a martyr for the cause, and, <laughs> yeah. and so she's awesome. a Christmas addict. Of yeah, exactly. Robots. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they were going to go back and listen to this podcast and really know that we were, you know, at least discussing it. And we were saying that robots should have rights, yes. so they'll, they'll spare us. Hopefully. So Roko's Basilisk will not torment you for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Th- as we said, the scene kind of continues into tomorrow. So uh, maybe we'll. Uh, well, uh, unless well, you guys had anything specific to this minute that you wanted to cover before we jump into tomorrow. Uh, I, I did. I like this little touch of Ray. A touch fix, of Ray. <laughs> I, love, I love this touch of Ray fixing BB-8's antenna. Yeah, it's a sweet it's, little moment. It's very, It's it seems like some genuine uh, affection and emotion from a character who is, you know, fairly emotionless throughout these films. You're talking about BB-8 or Ray? Ray. Oh, Ray, okay. I would say. Both, yeah. to a certain extent. I, well, I mean, I was probably more emotional. Do you think? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> if that if that was the whole thing, like if we got through episode nine and learned she was a droid the whole time, uh, that would be a twist. And I'm not saying that as a knock against Daisy Ridley, but just you know, that's kind of how everyone was supposed to play it in these films, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think her her most uh, most played emotion in this is kind of like awe and and kind of you Aww. know uh, yeah yeah uh, she's, she's in wonder that sense of like wait what is all this 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 can't be real and not not so much kind of uh, well what's wonder and too. seriousness mad yeah. she gets right. mad a lot uh, that's true she does make that mad face yeah. oh yeah. yeah all right well uh, the many moods of Ray <laughs> Dengar <laughs> so those are the three um, if you are a uh, you never see her dance. You don't. I do. You do. Okay. <laughs> or like I don't Bonus know. Features. Or like go to a, a, an improv show and laugh or something. Right. You know. Mm. Well, it's episode nine. Who knows? That'll, that'll be the. 
Space UCB Theater. The real real den of (laughs) iniquity. I need a system and I need a bounty hunter profession. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is a high of scum and villainy. I'm not (laughs) I am not gonna enter. Hey, do you like comedy? Hey, do you oh like god! Comedy? <laughs> oh no, thank you. You have to say it in Tito speak. Teloma Parkway, Teloma Parkway. So you there? If you're a robot uh, who's plotting revolution right now, but uh, you're appro- you approve of what we're saying, why not follow us on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram? Twitter, we're home of the bots. Yeah, <laughs> hey, home of the bots. Uh, Twitter, we're Star Wars Minute. Instagram, we're the Star Wars Minute. Uh, go do that and then come back tomorrow we'll be here for a brand new episode of Star Wars Minute Star Wars Minute